imagine quite a bit. Where did you dig up that old fossil? Going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. That's not a moon. We're all fine here now, thank you. How are you? Welcome to the Star Wars Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Bedabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And I was going to start by talking about something that I've forgotten to get. Oh, Oscars. We're not, we're not, there's no Oscars. Yeah, how many did Solo win? I I, I ran, I I lost count. Let's tie it in that way. Because I I do want to talk about the Oscars a little bit. It was just this past weekend. There's no point in spending a whole episode on it. Well, I was, I was very excited when Free Solo won, which, which, which we call Return of the Jedi. That's exactly that was, what that is. Yes, that's, that's, that's when right. he was in the carbonite. Yes, right? that's right. They freed him. They freed Solo. Yeah, that was ep- that was also known as Episode Six, <laughs> and uh, who can forget it? Uh, but we did see quite a few. Um, now there were a few Star Wars related actors nominated. Adam Driver was nominated for Black pa- Klansman. I almost said Black Panther. <laughs> um, Black Panther did win three Oscars, which is unheard of for a comic book movie, and maybe you could open the door for future Star Wars no. films. No, no, it couldn't. <laughs> okay, all right. It's not going to happen. No, no. Okay. The Black Panther was a and as I and as I pointed out many times in the past, you know. As a as a uh, as a superhero movie, Black Panther it would rank in a whole bunch of them that I would categorize under fine. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's not. I don't hate it. I also don't love it. There's other comic book hero movies that I love more. There's other ones that I hate more. I would rank it right in the middle, right in the bulbous middle of where all, where most superhero movies land. Star Wars did not win for its best chance, which was A New Hope, which was just called Star Wars when it was nominated. And it was nominated and, for Best Picture? Yep, Best yep, Picture. Yep. Lost to Annie Hall, which... Uh, hard, to, hard to argue with that one, but a different well, type I, of movie, completely different type of well, movie. But, well, you know, we, we live in the Me Too era, so right. let's take it away from Woody Allen sure, because we yeah. know he's a terrible person. Yeah. And let's give it to George Lucas, who's a wonderful person. There you go. Who directed a uh, a movie to go with his wonderfulness. There you go. But I think, you know what, if it wasn't going to win for Star Wars or Empire, it is not going to win for Episode Nine. The rebalancing of the force, or whatever they're calling it. Rebal- <laughs> that would be a good rebalancing title. of the rebalancing force. the force. That would be something along those lines. Yeah, I think that would be the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, the balance. The balance is in session. I don't know what to say. How Ryan? Uh, how Ryan got his Johnson back? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a terrible but title. Overall, Oscar. Do you watch the Oscars? Of course I do. Okay, so yes. so. Closely. I thought we we uh, and we have, of course had our pool going. You can go on Twitter and see our results. Uh, us, I actually me, won by a single by a single point. point. Um, it was it's nothing to brag about because I got sixteen. Well, I think that's pretty good though. Those that ah. was the, my best year. I got fourteen, which was probably the best year in a couple of years. I got to say, I was feeling really good early on. I had a bunch of them. I'm like, this is going well. And then the best picture oh. hit. I'm like, what the hell? Green Book wins. Chris mm-hmm. picked that, by the way. Good job, I know. Chris. Insane that he saw that one coming. No, I don't think he did. I think he's just a random pick. He said he knew it wasn't going to be Roma because um, historically films with a female protagonist don't win. Fair enough, but I picked uh, Black Panther to win. No female protagonist there. I, I went with I went with Roma, <laughs> well, and I was no, and so sure that's and, not a bad pick at all. I don't think but, that's a bad guess. Uh, but to me, I thought it's got to be an fu to Trump, and the big and there's two fu's to Trump, and one's Roma, and one is a Black, Black Klansman. Klansman. Yeah. So it's like if it's not Roma, it's Black Klansman. But I don't think it can be Black Klansman. I don't think it's. I don't think the film. I uh, I think most people agree there's some amazing moments in that film, 
but the 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 way the plot is sewn up, and I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm going to say there's some footage at the end of the film, which it's pretty hard to spoil at this point, but I'm going to say that's amazing. But the thing that ties up the plot in Black Klansman is a plot device. It's it's a bit disappointing yeah. that one element, but I don't want to say what it is to screw to so people will still see it. But uh, I thought there's no way uh, it has to be one of those two, and and by default it has to be Roma. But and I liked Roma, but I know lots of people who think it's the most boring thing. I just think it's not accessible to mainstream audiences. I think True. a best picture has to be somewhat accessible to mainstream audiences, and that one wasn't. It, it was more of an art house. But I mean, they've picked movies like the the, the artist was the same way, and the artist won best picture one year. So I, I think that you know but sometimes that, it goes that way. Yeah, but that falls into the movie about movies, right. which, which Oscars love okay, movies yeah. about movie like that the big mistake that uh the director of roma made was not making it a movie about movies like one of those characters could have been a filmmaker i guess and, uh, so because he they, they go to the movies in the movie don't they at one point go to the movies oh not enough okay. we need we need a little closer tie-in to the uh to the oscar voters yeah. for, for that to really work but but i was happy to see that um the movie where a guy wears a bald cap uh, or any kind of head prosthetic <laughs> continues to win best makeup so that's good that that has always been and that, that could, way. That, again, that could be yeah. something that Star Wars could easily win in the special yeah. effects categories and that kind of stuff. And again, Solo was the only film that came out this year, so yeah. no nominee, no no winning for that. It was visual effects, I believe. Which which I mean, at this point, visual effects is tough because it's always so good. Yeah. How do you choose a winner? Like I'm looking at all these movies that are nominated, going, it really could be any of these. Like there's yeah. no like. You know, they're all really good. How do you pick one or the other? And it's just a matter of, like, which one did you like more? I think that's yeah. the matter. And so what did win? I think um, – First Man. First Man, which was weird to I, me. I, I called thought, it because you know you really? why? Yeah, you know why? Because the, it's going to – if in, in, a, in a field where it's all equal, where it's basically all good special effects, as you say, it'll go to the one that was supposed to show realism. Ah, uh, okay. That, I that, and, and, it, and it played out. So that's how I talked myself into that particular win. All right. But for, there's a lot of things, by the way, that I talked myself into that didn't bear fruit. Like what? Like uh, I thought the short film A Night at the Garden shows like a Nazi rally uh, in yeah. Madison Square. It's amazing. Yes. It's, like, it's seven minutes so anybody can watch it. It's available for free online uh, on the website A Night at the Garden. I watched that and I was like, that looks like a Trump rally. And what better way to bring some notice to this than to show people this actually happened. So that one didn't win that category, and I was so surprised. I can't remember what did, but I was looking sure, at— It was something that I didn't know what it was. I was, was looking at our picks. And which is often the prob- problem with uh, these categories. I think all of us screwed up some of those early categories because I was looking. I was trying to track it. Cause I did well in the early categories, actually. Yeah, I did fairly well. But, I, yeah, I don't know. I but, didn't see most of this stuff, so that's my fault. But but I also like when we're speaking of uh, head prosthetics and stuff. Um, I like that we've taken it up a notch, and now if you wear a mouth prosthetic, forget the makeup award. Now it's best actor if you wear a if you wear a mouth prosthetic. Right, like Rami right. Malek, would Rami Malek have won best actor without the mouth prosthetic? I don't know. And did you also <laughs> like the fact that they show Rami lip syncing to Freddie Mercury as his big moment <laughs> before he wins the award? It's like that was yeah. Like how how is that acting? I could do that. I could sit at a piano. And by the way, he wasn't even playing it. So here he is pretending to play the piano and lip syncing. It's like Freddie Mercury must have been looking down just going, this is garbage. There's no way this guy should win. Yeah. 
Did Freddie Freddie Mercury didn't even win a Grammy, by the way? No. I don't think. <laughs> so like, give me a break. And I, I gotta say, while we're on the subject of Queen, and we'll, I swear we'll move away from this to Star yeah. Wars in a second. But that opening performance, I was ready to turn it off right there. I was like, nope, nope. Not doing this. Not a fan of Adam Lambert and Queen. Well, I was excited. Brian May playing a guitar solo is always good. Ah, uh, that guy should get a haircut. But no, I it's, love it's, the fact uh, it's a little, it's a little too much. How is it easy? I love 60s, that he's, 70s, he is married to that hair. Uh, come and on, he went all in on the seventies <laughs> hair, and he and never shall it change. If, oh man! If it, if it were to fall out, we'd never see him again. They, they, that's when the brand management of the Queen brand would just be gone. That's be right. like, no, I think I'll just spend some time at home because <laughs> he needs that hair. That's that's his whole. But you know what? I don't mind Adam Lambert. He's no Freddie Mercury, though. I actually saw that band live. Oh, that's right. I yeah. mean, I saw them with Queen, with Freddie Mercury, and I saw them with Adam Lambert. And there's there's nothing wrong with Adam Lambert, but the problem is he's never going to be Freddie that's Mercury. Right. Yeah. And then I thought, what would have happened if they would have opened it with Rami Malek running out and do? But then you're like, he does, he can't, he can't sing, sing the song. Yeah, I can't sing. So, so. that be that would have like. They would have taken the award back from him if they would have attempted that. <laughs> Meanwhile, we got Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper walking oh. up there from stage and just singing their song. Like like it was just a happenstance thing. They did that. They set that up very well. We, but, but okay, let me just dump on that for a second by saying <laughs> people are talking about it like it was <laughs> – like like Moses came down from the mountain with the, with the Ten Commandments. And I just watched it and thought, like, I, it's just one of those things where I guess I don't know. I guess you're all in or you don't get it. And I, just like I and they I just started. It, it was a very nice transition, very kind of sp- simple. Coming in from behind, okay, we're gonna see them get up from their seats. So they've been sitting there the whole time. Walk on the stage and sing the song, and that seems it seems the setup of it was really good. The song itself, I don't care either way, but that was kind of a nice thing. You don't see that. Not there's no like announcement. No like here's the song. It was just. They just sang it. What I was hoping is they go up, she's sitting at the piano, it's all quiet, quiet moment, and then he turns to the mic and he goes, pop, 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 poke face, pop, pop, poke face, pop, 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 poke face, and he just launches into pop, 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 poke face. That's right. And the rest of the crowd, and the crowd is like, yeah, that's the song we want to hear. That's right. Not this sh- shallow Whatever from uh, some movie that I'll never see. Let's get into some Star Wars stuff. All right, we'll back to our, Star Wars. We'll start with our favorite so segment. So how many did Solo win? Zero. <laughs> Talk, speaking of transitions. One nomination. Zero awards. Here is this week in Star Wars clickbait. What now? What are you talking about? Huh? What? Goodness gracious me. This isn't a great one. When I look at my Star Wars feed on, on, I almost said Zite, on Flipboard, for some reason in the Star Wars category, it's still dominated with Oscar articles. Everything having to do with films. I don't know why that is, but the the algorithm was not working properly this week. But here's an interesting one. The headline, Star Wars, Mark Hamill reveals his favorite The Last Jedi moment. And does he? Yes. And what is it? I want you to guess what you think it is. Based on The Last Jedi, what would be the favorite moment of Mark Hamill? The milk? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me think here. Favorite moment. <laughs> That's right. That's it. No, where he fight, it. where he fights Kylo Ren. No, 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 no. Um, and it, it's actually coming off of. And again, this is like there's a whole like group of our of uh, content writers just following Mark Hamill on Twitter, looking for good stuff to write about. Because that's all. That's all this is. It's just a reaction to one of his tweets. And it came off of this image. I'll retweet this or something. This um, someone named 
at Kalyan, um, at K-H-A-L-L-I-O-N. This is my illustration for Star Wars Celebration 2019. As a longtime Star Wars fan, seeing these two together again was just incredible. And after Carrie died, I felt like Hamill himself was saying goodbye to her for oh. all of us there. It was the moment oh. in which he says goodbye to Carrie Fisher. Of course. That's his, and of course that is. Of course it's his favorite yeah. moment. It's not news. It's like an obvious thing. And it really doesn't matter. But it was just a, it was it's a very nice illustration. It's a very nice moment. His least favorite the, moment was when he ghosted her. That's right. At the end. That's right. He just disappeared. Um, so there you go. That's I mean it's pretty weak. Do you know? Do you see any clickbait this week or anything interesting? Uh, well, I always do, and I sort of made a mental note, uh, which of course means I forgot it. But there was a, there was one in here that, and it was actually an, an old news item. That's you know sometimes an old news item makes the rounds. Yeah. How does that happen? What, I don't know. I see stuff from like two years ago come back up in my feed, and it's the weirdest thing. I don't know how that happens. Again, Flipboard, work on your algorithm because it's not bad. That's not great. They're not a sponsor. I am looking here. <laughs> so, no, exactly. Not a sponsor. So get your shit together, Flipboard. I am looking really quickly here to find out, to remind myself what it was. Um, oh, all the Oscar stuff is dominant. It, it is, so, yeah. So now I, can't, now I can't. That's okay. No, don't worry about anyway, it. Anyway, I won't be able to it's dig fine. back. But I did. I, there was a couple this week that I saw that I, that I was And as like, we get oh, closer please. and closer to, uh, you mentioned before we started recording here that it's a bit of a, a it's like a, it's the drought before celebration, basically. Yeah. They're going to save everything. For celebration, we're not going to get any. The only announcement we had this week was that episode nine did wrap. I guess that was last week. They wrapped filming on it, which is, you know, fine. Not much out there except for people saying, great job, everybody. We wrapped. We're done filming. So, But there might still be reshoots. We don't know what's going on. Like They still have, you know, a lot a lot of work to do before that movie is done. Yeah. So. We're, we're kind of in the until celebration, there's just going to not be much. I, I think we've all sort of determined that. And I've been noted, I've been listening to the podcasts, and there's just a lot of imagine if there's a lot of speculation yeah. and a lot of, but there's no there's no real concrete anything at this no. point. I do have a couple stories we can talk about in a bit, but first I want to mention that this past weekend I went to see a concert at the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, and it was a uh, the premise of this was we we might might have mentioned this on the podcast before Star Wars versus Star Trek, and I think what you said was well Star Wars wins right when it comes to music Star Wars wins. Oh please, <laughs> right? Like what? Uh, yeah, what? Jerry Goldsmith is going to well, rally well, okay. late in the third. I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But so I went to see this concert, and it was hosted by uh, our friends uh, uh, Brett McGarry, who's been on the podcast. He's a Crecom grad, former student of yep. yours, and a friend of mine, a coworker of mine. And Jeff Braun, who is not a grad of Crecom, um, but Jeff is uh, the morning news anchor at CGOB. Mm-hmm. Super nice guy. The two of them together host a podcast called The Coach Potatoes, which I would highly recommend. It's very good um, movie and TV. Specific podcast and they do a great job with it so somebody and this is a little behind the scenes somebody at the symphony came up with the idea for this the show and then they pitched it to cjob saying we should get the couch potatoes to host it and so they i gotta say those guys did a great job jeff in particular was terrified because he's not used to going in front of an audience he's used to sitting in a booth by himself Mm -hmm. that's what a newscaster does uh, but uh, they did a really good job. So the, the idea is they came out on stage. They sat on a couch because they're the couch potatoes and with microphones, and they just talked about the movies. And it was actually very good. I really enjoyed their segments, the talking segments. Even the conductor wasn't the main conductor. It was the – I should probably uh, – I don't know here. Oh, Julian Pelicano. 
uh, who's like their assistant conductor, or whatever. Like they're the second guy, not the main right. guy, right? Because this is a pops concert, and um, and they also included the Maple's Collegiate Chamber Choir, who is this high school choir who sang during, in particular, a couple songs, but in particular, "Duel of the Fates." Um, was really good. That song, I mean, it's the best thing to come out of the Phantom Menace by far. Uh, that Jarth Maul. Well, but that's the song yeah. during that battle, oh, yeah. right? So a sig- um, it's a signature Star Wars. It, song. It's very good. And so anyway, that was really impressive hearing the choir live along with the orchestra. And overall, it was a great sounding uh, concert. I have one issue that had to do with the selection of the songs. I'm going to read you these songs, and I want you to see if you can pick out what the issue is that I had with this. I'm just going to talk about the Star Wars stuff here. They, they, they Obviously, they played the Star Trek television theme, the original theme. The best, I think the best Star Trek piece they played was the Wrath of Khan suite. That's James Horner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great, great uh, um, score as well. Okay, so they started out with the Imperial March. Then they played Princess Leia's theme from the first movie. Then they played Across the Stars, which is the love theme from episode two. Mm-hmm. That's the Anakin and Padme love theme. A lot theme. of people love that's, that song. That's the rolling in the grass one. What was that one with the rolling in the grass? That's what he that's took, from. He took a roll in the hay with that's her. That's right. And then he uh, took a roll in the hay with that cre- the the turtle. He's standing on the shell. <laughs> so that's that yeah. one. Then they go into Duel of the Fates, which is very good. Then it's the flag parade, which is at the end of episode yeah. one, which is like the dun 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 dun, dun like it's yeah. a, like big horns and stuff. They reminded everybody in the audience of being dis- the feeling of disappointment <laughs> washing over them. Uh, when I hear that song, that's what I think. There of. was one Jar Jar. They 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 made one stab at Jar Jar during the thing, which was very funny. The Couch Potatoes did. Um, then we go into uh, episode. Um, so this is this is Empire Strikes Back. Yoda's theme from episode um, five, and then again back to what is this one from? The Little People. Episode for the Little People. It's uh, the Jawas. The Jawas yeah. theme. Okay, I don't remember them playing that. So the Little People. Then it was, the next Star Wars one was The Force Awakens' Ray's theme, which is, again, another one of my favorite pieces yeah, of music. Great. That's a very, very good theme from that film. And then they finished it up with the main title from Star Wars, the, the, the opening yeah. credits. So, listening to that, what is the issue with those songs, do you think? Hmm. Is it, what's missing? Is yeah. that what you're asking Yeah, me? what's missing? What did they not play from right. Star Wars that we needed to have? They, you said they played the main theme. They played the main theme. Uh, the, oh, the, um, how about the walk, the... Um, the walk to get the medals, the uh, yeah, ceremonial. Yeah. That would be that would have been great. That's a good. That one. That would have been better than because uh, then the it's flag seg- parade. Because then um, it segues. What I love about that number is it then segues into the theme as the credits roll. Yes. So it's like a beautiful long stretch of great music. Yeah, that would have been great. I, I actually have a personal favorite, and that's the Cloud City theme. That was when, very good. When, when uh, Lando was walking through Cloud City at the beginning, and yeah. you hear the the music playing in the background. It's just lovely music. How's the gas mine? Still paying off for you? Oh, not as well as I'd like. We're a small outpost and not very self-sufficient. And I've had supply problems of every kind. I've had labor difficulties. <laughs> What's so funny? You, listen to you. Sound like a businessman, a responsible leader. Who'd have thought that, huh? You know, seeing you sure brings back a few things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm responsible these days. 
price you pay for being successful. The asteroid chase. All right. Asteroid. That's my favorite piece of Star Wars music. That is just an epic, epic chase. I love that scene so much. Not, not in. They didn't play it. Well, also the Moss Eisley Cantina. Oh, dun, 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 oh my dun, God! Dun, 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 dun. I like, forgot about that. Why would they play that? Yeah, you need. So that. why do you think they didn't play those songs? Um, so is there something to do with copyright? Yes. Does it cost too much? It cost too much. Really? They made the joke. They made the joke during the. Uh, the, the and I'm Are glad, you serious? I'm, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad. I'm glad they addressed it because I'm sitting there going. What's going on here? And then at one point, um, Brett says, now some of you may be wondering why we're not playing a certain, like your favorite song. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm wondering. Why aren't you playing my favorite song? And he said, well, a lot of these are pretty expensive. For example, and they played 30 seconds of the Masai Cantina uh, song. And then he stops and Jeff's like, 500 bucks. So really, it costs obviously it costs money for these orchestras to license the music to play, right? You can't just pick any music and play it. Um, so they, they do charge but quite how, a bit. How much would the main theme be then? Well, the main, the, I, I mean, the, but you can't not have the main theme, right? You can't not. So play they the main ponied theme. up for the main theme, right. and therefore they had to. They had to pick and choose which ones to like again. And going wah, through wah. this, going through the Star Star Trek stuff, they played um, the main television theme song. They played stuff from the other TV shows like like Deep Space Nine, um, Generations, Voyager. They played uh, Wrath of Khan. They also played. Um, where is it here? The, uh, the from Into Darkness, the Michael Gacchino Into Darkness theme, which is essentially the same as the main one from <laughs> 2009. Like the main Star Trek uh, from 2009 is what you want with mm-hmm. the one with the first kind of reboot one. But Into Darkness, not as popular of a film, probably cheaper to get that music than it is for the main Star Trek. Yeah, probably. So anyway, I just was like, ah. It, it, I understand, but I kind of it, I'm you know a little cheesy that they they would cheap out and not choose more relevant music. Like I would honestly rather they get rid of all the Star Trek crap and just play Star Wars. Have a Star Wars night. Why not? That's all you need, really. Why do they need to do the frame? They didn't even pick, at the end. They didn't even pick a winner. Really? They did not. They would not do that. No. Did they address that? They some said, people- okay, so we said it's called Star Wars versus Star Trek. What? Who's gonna win? And they threw it to the conductor, and the conductor was like, I like both of them. I think there's better. There's, this is all great music. He made a very actually it was a very good um, uh, kind of piece about how this is how um, film music is made. Like anytime you go to the movies and hear a score, this is what it is. It is an orchestra full of dozens of people, and um, and, and so you know they're both great. And so then Jeff's like, so no winner, and so they made a joke about it. But yeah, they didn't pick a winner. How many nights uh, did they do? They did three three performances. So do you think? Do you think they ever did, or do you I think, think this they was no, a I, It was a shtick for the whole thing. But I will say there were quite a few. Though they had members of the Costume Alliance there, dressed up as their <laughs> like the same people who were at uh, FanQuest, yeah. dressed up as their uh, Mandalorian armor and that kind of stuff, all Star Wars stuff. Was Greedo there? Greedo was not there. No. Oh. I, don't know. I think Greedo might have been in Disney World. <laughs> That's where Greedo goes oh. on his vacations. Come on, um, but. Um, they also had members of the orchestra came dressed up as well, which was very cool. The entire percussion session section was dressed up as stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Um, they had somebody as in a BB-8 outfit, which was very funny. They had um, who else did they have there? Uh, they had uh, some. There was a few Star Trek uniforms in the in the uh, 
orchestra, but mainly Star Wars people. So it was a great overall it was a great experience. I'm not complaining about the concert. It was very good. I was just disappointed in some of the song selection. That's all. That's my only issue with it. Everything else is great. Hmm. So, Interesting. Yeah. I, and I, I might have been uh, tempted to go to that. I, you know, lately uh, I've been taking in some local uh, local entertainment. I saw a couple RD, RWB productions, uh, Royal Winnipeg Ballet oh, yeah. productions. Uh, uh, I saw the Nutcracker for the first ever time, I think. And uh, boy, boy, was my groin tired. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, uh, but uh, <laughs> the oldest wait, joke I was in the book. Waiting for that joke. But, uh, I couldn't wait. But uh, the the um, orchestral music during that was so awe inspiring and great. I was like, I really need to take in some more uh, orchestra performances. So I'm definitely looking for one to go to, and I should have gone to that. It one. was a packed house on a Saturday night, which is great, and mm-hmm. it was interesting because the crowd was a mix of your typical. Like symphony gray hair types that are go to these things all the time, and then there was a, quite a few n- big nerds sprinkled in there, like the guy who showed up with a stained, torn T-shirt <laughs> at a symphony concert. What? That's right. The comic yeah. book guy? Yeah, the comic. Literally, the comic book guy looks like a, the personification of the Simpsons comic oh. book guy was there, just watching it, having a good ever. time. He well, he loved it. No, everyone, everyone loved it. And uh, but it was good to get like for, as far as a marketing perspective, it was good for the couch potatoes to get in front of that audience because mm-hmm. it was probably people who didn't hear, never heard of their show. So it was a good crossover for them. And yeah, like I said, they did a great job, and I hope they do it again. They do like the the, the orchestra will also do like Harry Potter nights. Uh, one of the shows they announced was um, uh, coming up next year, next Christmas time. They're going to do Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it's like Tim Burton and Danny Elfman and and that whole thing which is kind of really cool very good music from that so i imagine you know that those are like that's really what drives classical music now this is is, is tv and, and film scores right the majority of symphony music is written for that purpose yeah and uh not just that um i'm going to see the concert hall uh at the end of april to see morrissey i was, I was just gonna ask and, about morrissey. And, yeah. yeah and uh and and so it's not just a concert hall for Orchestra. It's a concert hall for all performers. Oh no, I've I've seen uh, Snow Patrol there. I've seen lots of great bands. Oh, I didn't know Snow Patrol played there. Yeah, with with uh, uh, Noel Gallagher's Flying oh, Birds. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, Noel Gallagher's uh, new band or He's re- latest band. Re- really good. They're really yeah. good. Uh, that was a great show. But yeah, yeah. It's a good good venue for any any concert. But yeah, Morrissey. I saw the I saw the the uh, billboard up there on the digital sign. They make him look like he's God or something in that image. It's, it's like I think it's ironic. I, I think so yeah, as well yeah. because it's like he hasn't been here in two decades or something. It's like Canada, well, first time in two decades. He refused Canada to play Canada. You know about this? No. He refused because of the uh, seal hunt. So oh, so okay. he's like, that's it. I'm never playing. And then it's like, well, w- until what? Until your bank account runs dry, and then you will. Like, I, it should yeah. be interesting to the see. Seal what hunt's still going on, isn't it? I think I well. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's still. Welcome going on. to Canada. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you. I don't know. I, I don't know the ins and outs of that. Yesterday, I watched Chef's Table, uh, Netflix, uh, oh, yeah. the, the restaurant series, and there's a guy who loves nothing more than butchering meat. Mm. And um, boy, it's the second episode of the new season. And if you uh, if you're a vegan or vegetarian, it's a, it's your worst nightmare come to pass. <laughs> but after I watched that, I was like, well, now this guy loves animals and he loves eating animals, and like, good luck trying to talk this guy out of it because it's not <laughs> happening. I was in Seven Eleven and I overheard one worker telling the other that they got vegan jerky in. I don't know what that is. It's, it's I don't think I want to know what no. it is. Okay, let's move on to some other stories. We already talked about episode nine wrapping. Um, again, I don't think we, we don't have a title. We don't have a trailer. I think we'll probably get both of those at Celebration. That's safe, I think that's safe to say. There's no reason why they would reveal anything else before Celebration, would they? I don't think so. No, not not I now. Mean, 
maybe going into celebration to get people pumped. I think they're going to wait for a panel. They're going to do like the Chewy Were Home moment again, right? That's what they're going to do. I sure hope so. And, I, and uh, you know, it's also interesting, of course – Star Wars fans love to nothing more than to look at the the cast of Celebration and go ooh and try to read between the lines and see who I don't know that there's that much thinking going into because it. Because Greg Proops is going to be there and is like does the announcer pod the pod racer announcer come back in episode? Uh, I don't think so. Does he come back? <laughs> okay, maybe not What's him. What's he doing now? Maybe not him. There's a good comic book series. Let's see what that announcer is doing now. And who played the other head by the way? Do we know who played the other head? I don't think we know. Oh, okay, it was the guy speaking in a different language. So they need to translate oh, right. themselves, right? He was he was not That's speaking English. That's right. So I don't know who that guy is. Although, like. <laughs> and, and actually, the Greg Proops part of the announcer was our first kind of like point in the movie where it's like, this dialogue sounds a little modern yeah, for Star Wars. Yeah, that's right. That's Wars. right. Yeah. Like, that was our beginning of yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Because then there was, you know, in the latest one, everybody said, uh, what now? Everybody said, what now? <laughs> in the latest one. And that, to me, sounded a little, little out of place. Yep. But maybe in 10 years, it won't. Maybe not. Yeah, so the another rumor coming out of the uh, Star Wars universe is that um, you know we have Disney Plus coming on later this year. They're already mm-hmm. doing the Mandalorian. They're talking about a. They already confirmed a uh, series with um, what's his name from Rogue One, um, Diego Luna. Oh yeah, what was his actual character name? Um, Captain pa- Panic Panaka. No, Captain I was just Panaka. kidding. No, no. Um, what was his name again? Uh, this is ridiculous. Always Hang happens. on, I'll look it up. I was just what telling my students. I was telling my I students today in class. You need to cut out these moments when we're sitting there awkwardly, can't remember the name of something. I should. We should cut these out of the podcast instead of leaving them in. So I'm going to leave this in just as a point. Um, I'm going to think about it before you Google it. Cassie Nandor. Oh yeah, go. look, I just click, just loading it as so you said. So I'm faster it. Yeah, than yeah. Google. Okay, so Cassie, Cassie Nandor. And Andor, how did I forget series? that? I don't know. Uh, oh. Cassie and Andor series. Uh, the next rumor going around is that they're going to be looking at an Obi Wan Kenobi series, a limited Obi Wan Kenobi series. Uh, now we had a uh, the poor for- man's Obi Wan movie. Well, is the limited we had, series. All right, listen, listen. So they had <laughs> they had the Obi Wan movie kind of working on it. Then they, after the so called failure of Solo, they canceled all the other standalone projects, of which that was one. Now, according to Pablo, that was never a confirmed project. They never said they were actually doing the Obi Wan movie. Uh, that was just kind of a lot of wishful thinking from a lot of people, and everyone wanted Ewan McGregor to come yeah, back. Yeah, right? That seemed like a done deal. It seemed like a no-brainer, to be honest. I think it still seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. I don't think that could fail in any way, so I don't think they should let Solo dictate what they do with that. But the re- latest rumor is that they're, instead of doing the film, they would do uh, six, at least a six-episode <laughs> miniseries to launch on the streaming service. What do you think about that idea? Well, uh, as I say, it's a poor man's movie. You really so, think so- that? Uh, you don't think it's as good as a movie? It could be. But on its surface, I would like the movie. Because now, like, okay, is this is is what we're doing taking what would have been a two-hour movie and now making it way longer, watering it down a little? Or is what we're doing making something deeper and enriching I the original idea? I hope that's what it is. I, See, I would not want them to take – I would whatever they've already written for a film, scrap it and start over. That's what I would like them to do. Like maybe have the general beats of the story, like mm-hmm. as far as when it takes place and the, the time frame of it. But, you know, let's let's some, figure out something that works in the six episodes. Because six episodes is a good – it's a good run for – there's a lot of really good kind of shorter 
seasons like that. If it's six hours, that's more than a two-hour movie, right? We get six hours of content instead of two hours. Sometimes less is more, and sometimes more is more. Yeah. So it's very hard to know until you actually see the results of what they're doing. But, I mean, Ewan McGregor did uh, the Fargo series, for instance. Yep. Uh, the Stussy brothers. He played yes, the Stussy that's brothers, right, the twin brothers. Yeah, yeah, and 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 did so very well. I found that endlessly entertaining. But the, I mean, there you go. That is a rich TV series, anthology TV series with uh, with was it in, ten with, ten episodes. Was that? Some, I, I, like that? I, I don't remember. It's not. It's not like the thing is. The, it's, if it's it was so great. So if it was a series like an ongoing series, like season to season, I would say there's no way they get Ewan McGregor in for that because he's not going to commit to that. Mm-hmm. But if it's a one time only. Like miniseries, he would probably do that, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I mean, he's he. There's the precedent for it. Yeah, and it would be great if it would be as is if it could be the Star Wars of Fargo, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Fargo, Fargo of Star, Star Wars, Wars. Yeah. Um. Then um. Then we could really have something. But I don't want it to just be like we're stringing fans along and waiting. You know, we're going through six episodes so you could get to what the movie would have been. Yeah. No. You that's know what true. I mean? That's a good because like, oh, yeah. we've seen that. We've yeah. seen that before. And we've seen it actually as recently as uh, oh, what was the animated series? I already forgot. Um, with with little Ezra. And, oh, oh, oh and rebels. His, yeah, rebels. Yeah, little Ezra and his buddy Forlom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he, but uh, and uh, and the Wookiee that never was, and right. all of that stuff. That just at certain points became intolerable. I loved watch. it. I thought I just. Uh, I thought it was you didn't great. love all of it, did you? Yeah, I liked most of it. I thought it ended well. Uh, yeah. It was only four seasons. I don't know. They could have gone way worse. They could have gone way too long I, with it. I just think that, that that show had a lack of focus. That like um the Clone Wars had a had, was classic no focus and ended up being great. Uh, mostly great. Yeah. There's there's some arcs that There's a lot to could, get through in that series yeah. I find. I can never watch it all the way through because I just get so bored in the middle of it, but there are brilliant arcs in there. There brilliant are parts of that 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 series. And, and, and some brilliant ongoing jokes like for when they like when they pretend to kill Jar Jar every time yeah. that he's on the show. So there was there were some good moments with that. But I think that uh a six I don't think there's anything that can be wrong with a six episode miniseries if that's what it ends up being. I mean, don't don't be married to that. If it needs to be eight episodes, that's fine. As long as you don't make it into like a fifteen episode thing. Yeah. That's too much. Well, we know the Mandalorian looks like it's high quality. It looks like they're spending a pile of money on it. Yeah. Looks like the Game of Thrones of Star Wars TV, <laughs> which is what we want. Yes, bring bring it bring it on. And the more the more high quality Star Wars we get, the better. Yeah, I want. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I, I think this is going to be. I like the idea of them doing this on this streaming service. I certainly will be subscribing to it when it comes out. And uh, and yeah, it'll be good to see. But probably not for a couple of years at least. We know how the end of uh, the Mandalorian season one ends with his helmet comes off and he goes, "I'm Boba Fett." <laughs> he screams and then uh, the, and then it cuts to black. Um, hold on a second. I'm going to look up. I want to talk about episode. Hold on a second here. Um, next story here is about Rotten Tomatoes. Now. Oh, yeah. I think I know. Where Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, famously, we were talking about this in class today a little bit during a break. Rotten Tomatoes has two ways of measuring reaction or, or critic criticism of a film they have the uh tomato meter the main tomato meter which is all the critics of a film all the film critics and the officially published reviews of a film get aggregated into a, a score right so they mm-hmm. average it out and i find for the most part that as, as much as i've been critical about it 
what ends up being the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is pretty accurate for the most part. Like if it's got a 90 something percent rating, it's usually pretty good. If it's low, it's usually pretty bad. Um, now the problem with Rotten Tomatoes is that they put stuff up there way ahead of time. So there's already an episode nine entry in Rotten Tomatoes. And apparently, and I saw an article saying that trolls are already starting to bomb the audience scores. That's the second part of this is there's an audience score. So anybody who went to see the movie can write a review and post a review of it, which is fine. And I get that that's a, that's a way of seeing what real people think of a film. But it certainly is the case with The Last Jedi and probably with Solo. And now with this one is that the, the, the so-called new Star Wars haters are bombing I mean, nobody's seen this movie yet, but yet people are already trying to review it and say it's bad. They're doing it with Captain Marvel, too. Yes, they're doing it with Captain Marvel, though, though some people have seen Captain Marvel. Um, hold on a second. Where's Cap- I'm going to look up Captain Marvel quickly. But, I mean, uh, is not is Rotten Tomatoes not doing something about this? They are. That's, that's the point of this talk, talk is that they're, they're changing the way that they're getting rid of the audience score. Now, I've got to, actually, I've got the statement here. That's kind of depressing. Well, no, that, they're not that, getting, so they're not getting rid of it. Okay. Um, starting this week, Rotten Tomatoes will launch the first of several phases of updates that will refresh and modernize our audience rating system. We're doing it to, mo- to more accurately and authentically represent the voice of fans while protecting our data and public forms from bad actors like Mark Hamill. I'm just joking. Uh, I, I couldn't think of another actor at this time. I was trying to make it like. Domino Gleason. Um, well, he's good too. They're all good. They're all good actors. No, we can think of a bad one if we really put him. Pauly Shore is like <laughs> there comes to mind. He's not in a Star Wars movie though. Um, I mean, even he's good at what he does. So as of <laughs> as of yes, uh, starting yesterday, February twenty fifth, we will no longer show the quote want to see percentage score for a movie during its pre release period. Why you may ask? We found <laughs> that the want to see percentage score is oftentimes confused with the audience score percentage number. The audience score percentage. Uh, is the is a percentage of all users who have rated the movie positively that is giving it a star rating of three and a half or higher and is only shown on the uh, once the movie is released. So there used to be a score of like want to see. So they would put this many percentage of people want to see this movie, and you can like make that seem like you can you can skew that to make it seem like it's a na- not a good movie. Uh, that's what that is. So they're basically changing some and also they're disabling comments before a movie comes out. So they're not allowing people to put to troll the comment section and put crappy things about a movie before it comes out. So that's what they've done to kind of address that, which is good. I think they're, you know, they're they're addressing it. Hopefully it does something to reduce the amount of trolls out there. Um, in general, I don't trust the audience scores. I'd rather go see it myself. If it, I'll, I'll take the critic score into account, the t- actual tomato meter. But, for example, a film like Venom. Have you seen Venom yet? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, man. pretty pretty crappy movie. Oh no, sorry, I I was thinking Deadpool when okay, I said that. No, no I have not. Venom. Venom is a pretty crappy movie, um, and that that audience rating was like something like in the '80s, and is no way that and it, it, the uh, critics critic score was low low in the '30s or something like that, and it is an awful movie. You it's some, god yeah, awful. You sometimes see weird combinations of audience and critic scores. It's weird sometimes because sometimes you see audience loving something critics hate and vice versa. Yeah, and uh, and sometimes they're both on the same page, and you know it's. You sort of have to go through the psychology of what's happening sometimes. Like, and sometimes you'll even see a movie that's supposedly like a dumb movie, a movie for like, hey, we produce something dumb that people can laugh at. And even then, sometimes it gets reversed from from um, from what your expectations might be. But it is it's, it is an odd dichotomy between yeah. those two things. Um, so anyway, I thought that was a good good story to to look at, and they'll uh, obviously. 
I'm sure we're going to get a bunch of trolls like bombing the, the next movie, no matter what. There's just now a segment of the population that hates everything that Disney does with Star Wars. And I don't know that there's anything we can do about it at this point. I think we should stop trying to appeal to that group and say, you know what? Like it or don't, we're going to like it. Yeah, it's become like at a certain point, everyone just got sick of uh, Trump fans on Twitter. Right. Where you're just like, enough already. Like, stop being. Well, like, I don't care. But I don't care about them anymore. I'm like, do whatever you want. Right. I don't, do, exactly. Do like, what just, you want. You're a bonehead. Yeah. I'm not going right. to respond. I'm just going to enjoy the film for what it is. And I choose to enjoy this this franchise in its various in its various iterations, regardless of what it is. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's all good. It's all good, girlfriend. That's right. But, but You go, girl. I am looking forward to the final chapter of this trilogy, and then we can move on uh, to even more Star Wars and galaxies unexplored. We don't know. And again, maybe it will be a focus on TV series or, or series on the streaming app. Maybe we won't get another film for a while. There's no other movies planned right now. Like, they don't have anything else after well, episode nine. We got our Game of Thrones guys. Well, we okay, got our so Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Johnson, yes, but we don't know when those are coming out. We no. don't know when, what's going on with those. So we, we don't, don't know. No, we don't know what they Certainly are. Certainly, we don't have anything for 2020. Which is next year? Well, maybe we do, but we we don't. Uh, it's not know. been announced yet. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you think they would. You think one of those Ryan Johnson movies might come? Hey, it's been in development for long enough, I but it's so. possible. Yeah, it's possible. Maybe. Okay, we'll have to see. I can't wait. We'll have to wait and see. I'm yes. looking forward to Free Solo Part Two. That's right. That's, that's right. going to be fantastic. That's awesome. He gets captured by someone else, and then they have to free him. It's like it's like the uh, the Kanja Club when they get him the first time, <laughs> and they have to free him from that. Exactly. Is it Kanji Club? Am I, am I saying that? Wait, right? Kanji Club? Yeah, tell it to, tell it to Kanji Club. <laughs> but, but by the way, um, Free Solo has something in common with Return of the Jedi, and that is in the Return of the Jedi promos, we knew that Han Solo was back. And uh, did we not? I think we did. We must have, and right? And the reason why I f don't feel compelled to watch Free Solo is I saw the guy up on the stage at the Oscars accepting the award, so I know he doesn't die. So the, a movie's about uh, rock climbing. It's a documentary, climbing, yeah. And it looks like he dies? Well, I think that's the question the film is asking. Uh, so thanks for the spoiler. Spoiler Thanks for alerts. bringing up the live guy onto the stage <laughs> so I know how the movie ends. Thank you. Way to go. All right. Thanks a lot. And I'm sure Jabba released him as well. For sure. The two guys. <laughs> he likes capturing people named Solo. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars Nerds. I'm Dan Vadabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the force hit you on the ass. I am the master. TK421, you come. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs>